You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. short message, but not too long because we've heard a lot from the Word of God already. And after this message, we're going to have the different students and grads come up to receive their rewards. And I just want to thank you again for coming out and supporting them. It means a lot to each one of them and to Anna and I that you've come out to Support them. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Amen. Let's pray. I'm going to pray and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, thank you for your grace toward us. Reveal yourself to us. Anoint my lips and help me to share your word. And may you receive the glory, the power, and the honor. May the word hit home into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you put your hands like we do on Sunday, if you put your hands on your heart, as well as at Bible school, and pray this nice and loud with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. In your precious name, amen. Well, I had an idea of what I was going to share on for this graduation and event. And they were good ideas, and I was thinking on them. But then last week, the word of the Lord came to me, and he changed my whole direction of what I was going to share. The message that the Lord gave me for this time is one word, and that is grace. Can I hear you say that with me? Grace. And I want to read to you this verse of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, this is Paul speaking, but by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove in vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. The theme this morning is God's way is the way of grace. God's way is the way of grace. Now, I'm not used to so much silence. So if you agree, say amen. 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 God's way is the way of grace. Paul, the Apostle Paul had a deep awareness of the grace of God. In his old life, he thought he was righteous and he pursued Christians to the death. He was so convinced of his own righteousness that he concluded that what he was doing was God's will by persecuting Christians. But then Jesus appeared to him, knocking him into the dust. 
The light of Christ's glory exposed how wrong, sinful, and dead he really was inside. But Jesus had mercy on him, gave him new life, and helped him out of the miry bog he was stuck in. Paul had a revelation of God's grace. And that's why he said in the beginning, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He had this revelation of God's grace, and it stuck with him till the day he graduated into glory. And like I said before, he declared that when he wrote to the Corinthians and said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. So my message this morning to you is grace. And my first point is this. You are here by grace. If you're graduating or if you've achieved any awards, it's not because of your work, but because of his work in your life. And that's what Fran was saying. Today is a celebration of God's grace toward us. Yes, we worked, but it was his grace inside of us that moved us and empowered us. And during the journey, many of us needed forgiveness. We fell down. The Lord needed to pick us up. Sometimes even myself, I felt, I'm giving up. I'm going back to New York. I'm from New York. <laughs> but I never went back to New York. And <laughs> God wanted me to stand. I needed grace. We all needed grace. And you're graduating by grace. And like I said before, today we're celebrating God's grace in our lives. Our boast is not in ourselves, but in his grace. So what is grace? Grace is the gift of God, which is undeserved. Grace is God's undeserved help that empowers you to live for him. Without that help, without that favor, without that power, there is no way any of us can live for him. It's through God's grace that we are forgiven. It is by grace you are saved. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about that. You are saved by grace. And if you don't know that salvation, you can know that salvation this morning. It is by grace, like I said before, that you are forgiven. It is by grace that you are born again, that you have new life. It is by grace that you are given the gift of God's own righteousness. It's imputed to you. It's given by grace so that you can stand before God righteous only by his grace. It's based on what Jesus did, his work. And it's by grace that God has given you new desires He's given you a new heart. He's put new desires in you. His desires to love his word and live it out. However, here's what often happens. It can happen sometimes. It doesn't happen with everybody. But the longer you are born again and the longer you are on the journey, you can have a tendency to forget God's grace, to think, I've done this. It's me. But no, 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 no. It's him. He did it. And so I want us to be reminded of God's grace. 
We can think we have done these great things when really it's all, it's been the grace of God all along. God being with us. God being with us and God living in us is grace. Us having a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords with all of our sin is grace. My second point is this. God's very nature is grace. His very nature is grace. So Yahweh's very nature is grace. And he revealed this to Moses in Exodus 34, 6. It says, then the Lord passed in front of him, that's in front of Moses, and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh God, compassionate and gracious. This is something we have repeated in Bible school, and I got it from Bob Gladstone, who would have us repeat it at the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. There was about 1,200 of us, and we would repeat this, but I'm going to get the grads, and you can join along and repeat it after me. We'll just say the first part. Yahweh, Yahweh God. Yahweh, Yahweh God. Compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger. And abounding in loving kindness and truth. Amen. Amen. Do you know when Yahweh revealed that to Moses? It was just after Israel had built the golden calf. They had received the word of God, the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. They heard God. He came in thunder and lightning. They, they audibly heard God. The whole place was shaken. And then Moses went to seek God some more. And during that time, the Israelites said, oh, let's make this golden calf. Ah, this is our God. And they started to dance and celebrate around this idol when the first commandment was, you shall have no other gods before me. And yet they started doing that. And then Moses was so angry, he took the tablets and broke them. Symbolic of God's people have broken the commands of God. They have already broken the covenant. It just started. And they already broke the covenant. They just began this new relationship with God by grace, and they just broke the covenant. And then, in the midst of them doing that, right after that, God reveals his nature. He says, Yahweh, Yahweh God, he's revealing himself to Moses and the children of Israel, compassionate and gracious. Think about those words, compassionate and and gracious. In the Hebrew, it's Adonai, Adonai, El, Rahum, Vechanun. Rahum, Vechanun. Rahum being compassionate and Vechanun and gracious. Both these Hebrew words, if you can hear, Rahum, <laughs> Vechanun, both of these Hebrew words are guttural and gritty. And they, they speak of God's uh, deep, that this compassion is coming from deep within God himself. It's coming from deep within his nature and heart. Yahweh feels deeply for each of you. His heart burns for you. And he experiences your pain. And yet he doesn't just feel for you. He helps you. 
And when you're on the floor and struck down, he comes down to you, he takes you by the hand, and he picks you up. And we all hear, all the graduates, all the students, all of us who have been saved are here because Jesus has picked us up. And even if you don't know him personally, God has been gracious to you. You may not even know God, but God has still been gracious to you. It's called the doctrine of common grace, where he lets his reign come down on both the righteous and the unrighteous. So God is even at work in the world, even with people who don't know him. But he wants all to know him. He wants all to receive his forgiveness so that they could have that eternal life that's in him and in him alone. God's grace picks us up and strengthens us. He breathes life into you and teaches you how to walk. And like I said before, God spoke of his compassion and grace to Moses after Israel encountered God, received the Ten Commandments, and then flagrantly broke every one of them by erecting a golden calf and partying around it in Exodus 32. So this brings us to the third point. Experience God's grace and express that grace to others. Experience God's grace and express that grace to others. One of life's biggest lessons, one of the things that the Lord is trying to teach each one of us, is that we need to experience God's grace. And then once we experience that grace, we need to express it to others. others. In other words, you're called to know God's grace and to show God's grace. First, you know it, then you can show it. Now, hear an amen. But here's the thing. We all want to experience grace personally, God's forgiveness and help, or, or many of us do. Some of us want to do it on our own. But we would like to experience grace. That would be a good thing. But it often offends us when we see others experience grace. So we want grace, but when someone else experiences grace, something that they don't deserve, we can easily get upset. Think about the parable of the prodigal son. We looked at this last week. Here, the prodigal son was just in the pig pen. He wasted all of his inheritance. He had been sleeping with prostitutes. He sure didn't deserve a big feast and a party. But when he came home, the father put on a big party like this today. A big feast. I can smell the curry. It smells beautiful. It's tempting. <laughs> right? And here's this big feast, this big party that the father puts on for the prodigal son who didn't do any work to deserve it. All he did was come back to the father. But nothing great did he do. And the older brother had been working hard all the time, always obedient to his father, always doing what is right. And he thought he was slaving for his father. He had a wrong mindset. And look at how upset the older brother is when the younger brother is experiencing the father's grace. The older brother is so angry that he stays out of the house. I'm not going in there. That guy doesn't deserve anything. What happened to the older brother? The older brother, he looked at his brother as most brothers do. 
not, accept, not with the eyes of grace and not with the Father's heart, but rather with his own perspective. And the only way we can show grace to others is if we have the Father's heart and the Father's perspective. God wants us to have his heart, his perspective, which means when the prodigals come home, we are rejoicing with the Father. We all need to see that each one of us has received grace. None of us has been worthy. God has been gracious to us. And because he's been gracious to us, we can show that grace to others. So grace often offends us. Why should they experience grace? Why should she experience grace? Why should he experience grace? I'm better than them. I worked harder. I suffered more. I've been through a lot more painful experiences than they have. Why should they experience grace? I worked harder than them more. I cared more. I served more. They don't deserve God's grace. And here I'm just reflecting on the dialogue that often goes on in our hearts and minds. Have you ever had this dialogue? I think we've all had this dialogue. That's the dialogue of our inner flesh. And the flesh does not like grace <laughs> toward others. <laughs> right? When you start thinking like this, you lose God's heart, the Father's heart. You become like the older brother in the prodigal son story, who was angry because his father showed grace to his younger brother. Or even worse, you become like the older brother Cain, who hated Abel. And rather than humble himself and learn from Abel, he killed Abel because he lost sight of grace. When you lose grace, you become like Esau, who fought against Jacob, and become like Saul, who wanted to kill David because of the grace of God on his life. The Pharisees lost the Father's heart, and so they sought to, sought to crucify Christ. And so when we lose that experience and that expression of grace, we end up crucifying Christ again. We end up being like the Pharisees. We need to constantly live in God's grace. Religion is law and rules without grace. That doesn't mean that grace is just something cheap. Grace empowers you to live a godly, holy life. But it also picks, it, picks you up when you fall short. And so let's not just use grace as an excuse to sin, but let's also value grace when the Father is showing grace to others. The kingdom is a rule of grace. The kingdom of God is a rule and reign of grace. I'm almost finished here. We're going to get all the different students and grads to come forward. My second to last point, four, is the law is good, but grace is better. The law is good, but grace is better. Every day, somebody is crying out all across the world for social justice. But there is a better way, and that is the way of grace. God showing grace to the lost, the hurting, saving them. There once was a man. He got 
beat up and robbed, and he was on the side of the road. He was hurt. He couldn't get up. All his money was gone. And there was a pastor who walked by this man, and he was late for a Bible school graduation. <laughs> and so he walked on the side of the road away from the man who was hurting. And then there was a Bible school graduate who just learned about boundaries and having boundaries. And he looked at that man, but I don't feel led by the Spirit. So I'm not going to go and help the man that's on the floor beat up. But then there was someone who didn't know Jesus. He didn't study the New Testament. He was a Muslim man. And he went over to the hurting man. And he helped him. And he picked him up. And he treated his wounds. And he took him in his own car. And he took him to the hospital. And he stayed with him. He gave him some of the money out of his own pocket so that when he would get better, he'd have some money to spend. And he cared for him. And then he left. Now, who was the man who was the true neighbor? The pastor, the Bible school grad, or the Muslim man? The Muslim man. Why do I share... Why do I share the parable of the prodigal son like this? Because I'm trying to bring it into today's context. Nobody knows of Samaritans today. But here is somebody that a Christian may think, oh, you know, they don't, they don't study the New Testament. God wants us to be like the Samaritan like the Muslim man in our story, and he wants us to seek and save those who are lost and broken and hurting. Amen? Amen. Amen. To show love. So the law will say, hey, you deserve that. You deserve to be beat up. You deserve that because, oh, you did this and that, and you yelled at your uh, kids the other day. You deserve that. That may be the law in people's eyes. But grace goes and helps somebody up. Grace heals them. Grace restores them. And that is what God has called us to do, to be his disciples. As we heard from Emma, we are called to be his disciples, to leave everything. And interestingly, when she said that, when she was reading about the disciples leaving everything to follow Jesus, all almost like dominoes, one palm branch fell. That was like, oh, it's just one. She keeps on reading. The next palm branch falls. Then she keeps on reading. And the next palm branch falls. As if to say we're all to, all to fall before God himself, all to fall before Jesus and live a surrendered life of wholehearted devotion to him. And it all came by the wind, the grace, the Spirit of God that has moves us to surrender all. People will hurt you. Show grace. Others will, re others will receive what they haven't fully deserved. Express grace. Now it's a time we're celebrating the students and the grads. But soon, 
It will not be about you. It will be about the prodigal sons and daughters returning from the pig pen after indulging their sinful desires. The Father will be pouring grace on this new generation. And if you want to be a part of God's moving, you need to embrace his grace toward them. I want this word grace stamped into your minds, stamped into our hearts. Because this is the day where you are experiencing God's grace, grads and students. But then there is a day where others are going to need to experience God's grace. And I want you to take what you have received and pass it on to others. Let grace flow through you like oil flowing through a pipe. God gives you grace so that you can show it to others. James 2.13 says, For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Did you hear that? Mercy triumphs over judgment. This brings us to the last point. The only way to grow and be fruitful is through grace. We have the, the fruit all around here. Fran drew that. It's just fresh off the canvas, the painting of fruit that she did, and there's some postcards of it around. Fran did that herself, her own love and creativity coming through that. And it's been a theme that God put on our heart for this time is fruitfulness. And again, the only way for each one of us to grow and be fruitful is through grace. And so I'll read John 15, 16. It says this, You did not choose me. This is Jesus speaking. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. And that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. So you've been grafted into the vine of Christ by grace. You will grow and be fruitful by that same grace. Let grace be your daily bread and the wine you continually drink. The cross is all about grace. The cross is all about grace. Do I hear an amen? amen? Think about what Jesus said, abide in the vine. He is the vine. That abiding is all grace, grace that we have been invited into the vine, and then the grace of resting in the vine that bears fruit. And then let's remember what we started off with. Paul said, but by the grace of God... I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove in vain. But I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Amen? Amen. Graduation is not an end. It's a beginning, like Emma said. It's the beginning of living motivated by grace. It's the beginning of living to serve by grace. It's the beginning of a life laid down like Jesus because God's grace is with you and in you. Yeah. 
is God's, let God's grace be your power source. Let God's grace be your fuel. Let God's grace be your oil. Let God's grace be your fire. Let God's grace uphold you and sustain you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the grace that you're showing us today. Thank you for your love poured upon us. Thank you for all these grads and students that are an example of your grace. Thank you for pouring grace on them. Thank you for all they achieved through you, Lord. All the labor that they did through your grace, Lord. And so we want to make this all about you today. We're celebrating you, Jesus. We're celebrating your cross. We're celebrating what you have done. And I pray that if anyone does not know that grace, today they would know that grace. That they would know your salvation. That you would knock on the door of their hearts. And for others that have known that grace, that we would remember and continually feast on your grace, that it would be our daily bread, it would be our daily drink. And when we're drifting from grace, we would go right back to the table of the Lord where your blood is represented by the cup, where your body is represented by the bread, and it's broken for us. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for all the team and everybody that worked today by your grace. Thank you for your fa love, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So as we honor all those who are receiving awards and graduating, let's remember we are all here by God's grace. And we are receiving this honor by God's grace. And since we are receiving it by grace, let's be generous in sowing grace to others. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.